This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie and helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Jim Jordan of Ohio has announced that he is going to run for House Speaker. And this is good news. Welcome to Exposing Washington. On the American Family Radio Network, I am your host, Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you this Saturday afternoon. Hope you're having a great weekend. A lot to cover today. Some good news out of Washington to cover and some other news out of Washington to cover. But before we get started, a couple things. You can find out more information about the show by visiting our website, AFR.net, AFR.net on our website, you can listen to each show you hear on, here on American Family Radio. You can go back and listen to it. So AFR.net, visit the Exposing Washington podcast page there. Another way you can listen to the show is by downloading the podcast on your phone. You can download the podcast on your smartphone or your tablet. Just go to the podcast store, type in Exposing Washington and my show should pop up. Download Exposing Washington to your phone. Listen anytime, anywhere. Last way to keep up with me is on Twitter at Walker Wildman, at Walker Wildman on Twitter. So some good news coming out of Washington, D.C., and that is Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio is running for the House Speaker position. Now, Representative Jim Jordan is a proven conservative who will bring fresh leadership to the Republican Party. Many of you know, back in April of this year, Representative Paul Ryan, who is the current House Speaker, announced that he will be retiring. And so that opened up the position and the discussion about who will be the next House Speaker in Congress. And so the American Family Association has come out in support, in full support, of Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio because we believe firmly that he will make a good, solid, conservative leader. And a couple others who've been discussed to hold the same position or to run for the same position are Representative Kevin, or Representatives Kevin McCarthy, out of California, and Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana. And in my opinion, those two congressmen that I just mentioned, McCarthy and Scalise, they will continue, if elected, the lousy leadership in Washington. You know, oftentimes we complain about what's going on in Washington. We complain about who's in charge. And we talk about how things need to be done differently. Well, this is a prime opportunity to do something about it. 
to to make to force or to bring about positive change in Washington. And so Kevin McCarthy is running for the speakership position. So is Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio. And there are talks that Steve Scalise might run for the same position. But let's remember, Representative Kevin McCarthy and Representative Steve Scalise have been a part, a part of Paul Ryan's leadership team. They are not conservatives, despite what they say. And one very objective fact or objective source that shows that is the AFA Action Scorecard. The 501c4 affiliate of the American Family Association, AFA Action, you can visit their website, afaaction.net. They've gone through and, and collected votes and scores from other reputable conservative organizations for these different congressmen, and they've come up with an overall score. And Representative Jim Jordan, when it comes to voting for conservative legislation or voting against bad legislation, Representative Jim Jordan has a 99% rating. According to AFAaction.net, Representative Steve Scalise and Kevin McCarthy are hovering around 70% uh, rating when it comes to voting and passing conservative legislation. So we see who the true conservative here is, and that is Representative Jim Jordan. And right as it stands today, there are many false accusations floating around about Jim Jordan in an attempt to bring his candidacy for speaker down. This is all purely politically motivated. And I'm not buying, I do not believe, a single one of the allegations and I'm not buying in, or biting the bait, if you will, for these, these slanderous attacks that go on against conservatives because the Republican establishment in Washington and the cronies in Washington and the Democratic Party don't want conservative leaders like Jim Jordan in place because they will force the hand of politicians who say one thing on the campaign trail and do another in Washington. And so that's why there's these false flimsy, baseless attacks going on against Jim Jordan and those like him. And just this past week, on Thursday, I I put out something on Twitter in support of Jim Jordan, and boy, did I get blasted. I've been badgered and trolled on Twitter half of this week because I support Jim Jordan. But I'm not backing down. I'm tired of conservatives being clobbered by the establishment and special interest in Washington, and nobody's there to do anything about it. But one person who has a good hand on the pulse of what's going on in Washington is Laura Ingram of Fox News. And this is clip one. Laura Ingram is explaining why why Paul Ryan is retiring and why the American people want new leadership in Washington. Let's listen. Ryan's exit, like Flake and Corker's before him, is but another indication that the establishment that was unable to beat Trump in 2016 is frankly just out of steam. 
We all know the phrase, if you can't beat them, join them. In this case, it seems to be, if you can't beat them, leave them. And the establishment may finally be seating the party to the man who took it from them in the first place. And that's the angle. Well, there you have it. That's Laura Ingram. And she concludes there, you heard it, that Paul Ryan and, and his and his friends, his allies, first off, they didn't want Donald Trump to be a president. That's the first thing. Even after he became the nominee. The second thing, now that he's become president, they don't like any of his policies. I'm talking, I'm generally speaking here. And so... What Laura Ingram is getting at there is maybe these folks are kind of giving up. Now, of course, they're not all giving up. The swamp is always going to fight back. But some of them might just be saying, throwing their hands up, saying, well, President Trump is not quitting. He's not stopping the fight. So I'm just going to retire. And I think that's the case for a lot of, of politicians in Washington, especially some of these Republicans these very status quo Republicans, these do-nothing Republicans, who are all of a sudden retiring. I mean, how else do you explain it? Now, naturally, you're going to have some retirements, some attrition, but the, the rate that we're seeing these folks retire, it ha has something to do, I believe, with the fact that they can't beat President Trump, so they're just going to quit. And I think that's a wise move. Changing the subject, kind of, Staying within Congress, several House members, specifically 11 of them, filed articles of impeachment against Rod Rosenstein, the Deputy Attorney General at the Department of Justice, just this past week. And the reason that they filed articles of impeachment is because the Department of Justice, under Rod Rosenstein, refused to turn over proper documents to Congress in their oversight as it relates to their oversight. And I've, I've called on Rod Rosenstein to be fired. I've called on him to step down and many other things recently. And so it looks like some of the congressmen have some backbone. And guess who one of the congressmen are or congressman is? Jim Jordan of Ohio. Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio is one of the ones that authored these articles of impeachment against Rod Rosenstein. And some disagree with this tactic. One of the well-respected uh, voices who disagree with this is Judge Andrew Napolitano on Fox News, of whom I agree with much of the time, and I often play his clips and agree with him. But in this case, I don't. But let's go ahead and listen this is clip, uh, clip two, Judge Napolitano on Fox News. But Judge, what do you expect these members of Congress who are frustrated with the Department of Justice, they have asked for months and months and months for certain documents, which they are entitled to, and that they have stonewalled, and apparently now the Department of Justice is going to cough some of them up next week. Well, they're going to cough them up because of uh, threats like this, which yeah. are, in, in my opinion, wrong and baseless, but embarrassing for everybody involved. All right, there you have it. Baseless, I believe he said. Wrong and baseless, he said. But I don't agree with him. Now, you can have the discussion, well, maybe, about um, maybe there were other tactics to use. But here's, here's the fact. Here's the reality. Congress has full oversight 
over the executive branch. Now, that being said, there are certain things, certain classified information that, that, that the executive branch doesn't want the world to see. But, for the most part, Congress is able to see anything and everything as it relates to the executive branch. And some of it may need to be done in a classified setting. I understand that. But if Congress, specifically this House Oversight Committee, has been trying to receive documents from the Department of Justice about this whole Russia investigation, if they've been trying to receive documents for nearly a year now, and they're not receiving them, well, that's called stonewalling. And the Department of Justice is denying Congress's oversight. And so what do you do? Well, in, some, some, have raised, some have said, well, they should hold them in contempt. They should hold them in contempt. Well, that doesn't work either because Eric Holder was held in contempt, the former attorney general under Barack Obama, and nothing happened to him. Nothing happened to him. And so you have the Department of Justice unwilling to turn over certain documents that the, that the Congress is requesting, and, and, I, and I'm all in favor of this, bringing up articles of impeachment. Whatever you have to do to get the proper documents that you're requesting, you have to do it. It's as if some folks are blaming Congress because they're not getting the documents. No, this is all on Rod Rosenstein and Jeff Sessions because they're hiding something and Congress is trying to figure it out. But moving on, uh, staying in, in, in Congress, in the U.S. Senate, uh, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, uh, participated in a, in a hearing in the Senate on Wednesday, and it lasted about three hours, answered a lot of questions, provided a lot of insight into foreign policy and what the Trump administration is doing when it comes to our allies and our foes. But, but Mike Pompeo was not buying... And he was not not playing the Washington game of all talk and no action. And I could just see, I watched most of the hearing, I could see that Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, as soon as he got in there, he, he looked like, I, I'm not here to play games. I'm here to get down to business, and you could tell it by the look on his face. But let's listen. This is clip, tree, clip, clip three, Senator... Uh, Mike Menendez questioning Mike Pompeo. Here's their exchange. Did the president discuss relax, relaxing U.S. Uh, sanctions on Russia, including CATSA sanctions? Uh, Senator, the U.S. policy with respect to sanctions remains completely unchanged. So the president did not, is what you're telling me, that I ask a very specific question. Yes, did Senator, the president you tell you answer. that he discussed uh, re, uh, relaxing Russia sanctions or not? Yes or no? Senator Presidents are entitled to have private meetings. I'm telling you what U.S. policy is. I came here today. No, but you I, you, I, you told me that yes. he had a conversation That's with right. you in which he told you what transpired. I think the nation and so all of us who are policy makers deserve to know so that we can fashion policy accordingly. Sen Did he Senator tell the Putin that I'll release or ultimately relax sanctions? Senator. What you need to conduct your role, your appropriate role, I will provide you today. That is United States policy with respect to the issues you request. You asked me about U.S. policy with respect to sanctions, and I can confirm to you that no commitment has been made to change those 
policies in any way. Did the president at this meeting... Well, that's it. So, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State, the reason I played that, and you might say, well, what's, you know, what's relevant about that clip? It's the fact that these senators are badgering and putting down our president, even the Republicans, many of them, and Mike Pompeo is not having it. And they're, what they're getting at, they're wanting Secretary of State Pompeo, they're wanting him to tell on national television what, what President Trump and Vladimir Putin talked about in a private meeting. I mean, who does that? I don't remember Republicans badgering John Kerry or Hillary Clinton under President Obama saying, you know, what did President Obama talk to Fidel Castro about? What did President Obama talk to the Castro regime about when he went down to Cuba? You know, what did President uh, uh, Obama or what did John Kerry and the Iran leader talk about when they met? Nobody was asking those questions because the executive branch can have confidential conversations with foreign leaders without having to tell the whole world what they talked about. Now, that being said, there can be classified hearings, private uh, closed-door meetings, where then the Secretary of State talks to senators off the record about what went on in certain meetings. That's totally appropriate, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. And Mike Pompeo said, I'll be glad to come back in a private setting and discuss with you what went on in Helsinki. But right now is not the proper place. Nonetheless, the senators went on and on and on about what went on in the Trump-Putin meeting. And, and what's really going on here is these politicians, and I'm talking about Republicans too, they make me just as sick, if not more, than Democrats. What's happening is these politicians who've been in Washington for decades have been twiddling their thumbs for decades, under multiple administrations, well, President Trump comes on the scene and is actually getting things done in Washington and across the world, and they just don't know what to say about it. They just don't know what to say about it because President Trump is having success on the world stage, and they're embarrassed because they've been up there for 30 years and, don't, and haven't gotten anything good done. And so all these politicians, many of them, they're all talk, no action. They go on television and talk about how bad, how bad Vladimir Putin is. And they talk about, you know, how we need to change our trade, the way we do trade, you know, and all this. But they have no solution to the problems we face. President Trump getting things done, the U.S. Senate and congressmen, they're flat out embarrassed because... They don't know what to say about all this success that's going on in the Trump administration. A good news story that broke this week, that broke on Thursday, many of you have been keeping up with this, this pastor, this North Carolina pastor in Turkey who's been held in prison unjustly and unfairly in prison for I don't know how long, maybe several months for sure, if not several years. But the pastor's name, Andrew Brunson, 
The U.S. President Trump was able to have him released from prison this week, out of Turkey. Now he's still on house arrest, so he's still you know detained in Turkey. But nonetheless, President Trump got him out of jail. That is, this week. Well, just a day after Turkey let him out of jail, President Trump came out and said, "You know what? The U.S. is going to impose large sanctions on Turkey." Because they keep detaining our pastor. And President Trump said these sanctions are going to stay until Turkey releases this American citizen from its country. And so this is once again President Trump willing to fight, doing the right thing. And I don't see any other politicians in Washington, for the most part, applauding President Trump and his strong stance on getting our American citizen back from Turkey. So they're quick to criticize, quick to complain, but when President Trump is getting things done, they are nowhere to be found. I'm talking about the politicians in Washington. But that's a good news story. Hopefully and prayerfully, the North Carolina pastor that is jailed in Turkey, or now on house arrest, will be released in the coming days, if not weeks. The last subject I want to talk about is the trade, what, what the media labels the trade war. The trade war. Well, this past week, President Trump met with the EU, the European Union official, who's basically in charge of trade in, in, in Europe and, and, and across, so across Europe. And President Trump struck a great deal with him on trade. Let's listen to clip four. This is Stuart Varney on Fox News. The Europeans blinked. Mr. Trump, hardline Trump, won big. We imposed tariffs on steel and aluminum. That was the club that we brought the, our trading nations to the table with. The Europeans are going to buy a ton of our soybeans. Mm -hmm. The farmers are feeling much better about that. And Trump's on his way to Iowa later on today. But even more important, the Europeans are going to take our energy. They're going to take liquefied natural gas. Take that, Russia. Well, that's Stuart Varney on Fox News. He's a Fox Business host, but that was on Fox and Friends. And what he's talking about there is, in, 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 in weeks past, in months past, President Trump imposed aluminum steel tariffs on the European Union and a couple other tariffs, I believe, on cars, too. But the reason he, President Trump did this is because the EU, the European Union, has been uh, imposing unfair tariffs on, on U.S. products for years. And the U.S. consumers have been paying for that, those tariffs. And so what President Trump said before this meeting, he said, look, let's do free, let's, I'm for free trade. Let's just take down all the tariffs and all the barriers, and let's just have straight-up free trade. And, of course, you have all the politicians, all, all, all the politicians in Washington going, you know, we just don't need a trade war. I just really don't agree with what President Trump's doing. He should just reconsider this. We need to be friends to our allies. We don't need to provoke trade wars. Meanwhile, they don't have a solution to this. The U.S. has been getting ripped off monetarily 
for decades, and these politicians don't have a solution. But President Trump, once again, comes on the scene, has a solution, is getting, th- is getting things done, and all they have to do is complain. But the good news is President Trump came to an agreement with the European Union that both sides, the U.S. and the EU, would, would, lower, would lower tariffs and, and impose more free trade practices. And that's what you get when you leverage your power on the world stage. That's what President Trump did. He said, I will impose tariffs if y'all do not want to play fair. And guess what they did? The EU came around and said, all right, we'll play fair. And so this is, just, just for you to understand, imposing tariffs is a politically risky move because you risk being viewed, as, as the politicians say in Washington, you know, starting a, quote, trade war, which the war was started years ago by China and others. But it's politically risky because it really could, and, and, and I'll admit this, it could drive up some prices in the U.S. because these companies want to offset the tariffs or the taxes, so they pass the, the price on to the consumers. So I'm not denying the fact that it can, in some instances, hurt the American worker, hurt American citizens. But the Chinese tariffs are also hurting American citizens. But President Trump knew that this was a good bargaining chip to really get free trade, and he used it. And he was unafraid of the political risk. But the difference between President Trump and the rest of Washington is the rest of Washington isn't, they aren't willing to take the politically risky moves, such as utilizing tariffs as a bargaining chip. Well, President Trump is unafraid to use tariffs as a bargaining chip because he's not there to get elected over and over and over again. He has proven, President Trump has proven, that he is there to get things done, to fight for our country, to focus on making our country better. And so he said, let's forget the political risk, let's get things done, and he is getting things done. And I applaud him for that. And, you know, I was watching Fox News this past week, Fox and Friends. You know, oftentimes they'll go to these cafes across the country, these breakfast cafes, and they'll ask people, you know, what's on your mind? What do you care about? What do you think about the president? What do you think about what's going on in Washington, etc.? And, you know, most of these people, they say, look, I support President Trump. I'm glad that he's doing what he's doing. I'm glad he's fighting for our country. I'm glad he's, you know, taking on these unfair trade practices. My business is doing better. My wages are going up. My family's thriving. And so that's what you get when you go talk to the American people. But if you read the headlines, you would think our world is ending. You would think President Trump has the lowest approval rating ever. But the good news is the American people know that President Trump is fighting for us, and that, that's why we should fight for him. Thanks for tuning in to Exposing Washington. We'll talk next week, next Saturday. Tune in, 2.30 p.m. Central on American Family Radio.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.